DJ Podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and with me is... Trip Turlington! The one and only. Yes, sir. And today we're going to learn about what? Uh, probably the driest subject we've put out <laughs> so far. Today we are going to talk about knowing thy cables. Yes, yes. Very important. You know, there, there are few professions that deal with cables as much as DJs. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> and different types of cables yep. and reasons to know the difference between those cables. Oh, yeah. Maybe not so bad as like a sound tech or something, or a, you know, stage manager or something, right, but right. maybe like second in line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say it's it's definitely up there in the top three to five. Just the, the sheer amount of connections and uh, that that are out there and i mean especially for newer people that are just getting into this you know something as simple as knowing the difference between a digital cable and an analog cable mm -hmm. or you know something that's balanced and unbalanced but i'm getting ahead of myself here but like <laughs> i mean just knowing the difference because if you plug in the wrong thing even if it fits like it may not do what you expect it to do yeah well real quick i just wanted to put uh, a quick plug in here because i've finally made good on my promise to start uploading YouTube content. <laughs> oh, that's right. So yeah, uh, hit up youtube.com slash passionate DJ. Uh, I've just been uploading some kind of like vlog style stuff, you know, just kind of little clips and stuff, giving my thoughts on different things. You know, here's what I think of the DJS 1000. Uh, here's what I think about uh, John Digweed. You know, just anytime I have a few moments, I'm, you know, upload something. Sure. I'm um, going to start getting into a little more long form stuff, you know, talking about some uh, hardware a little more again and stuff, which is something that I, I haven't done for a little while. So definitely hit up that YouTube channel and hit subscribe. Definitely. Um, so cables. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you just plug it in and it works, right? Like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's, I think that's one of the, 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 the biggest problems with cables and, um, and the misconceptions about, you know, certain types and, and all of that is that for a lot of people, especially if you're new and, and you're just trying to feel your way around and figure things out, as soon as something works, well, then it works, right? Mm. And once, once something just works, well, then that's, that's your production process, right? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not just a prototype. It's not me just trying to figure it out. Well, no, I figured out that this works. So that's that, that's how I go, you know, for, uh, moving forward. And unfortunately, that's not always, you know, the case. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a specific type of cable, especially where that's like uh, a, a big problem is where, you know, it looks the same. It fits in the same jack, but it's two very different things. OK, I wonder if it's the one that I've got in mind. We'll <laughs> find out, uh, you know, I you know, add to the list of things that I have nerded out about. I used to be pretty well into car audio, yeah, you know, like right. custom car audio. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I had to learn a lot about audio cables and stuff right off the bat and, and impedance and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and one thing that always bothered me and people who are into home theater, you know, they're particularly egregious here. Mm -hmm. Like when you buy the, the monster cables... <laughs> You know what I mean? And they're like, this is gold-plated, zero-gauge, blah, 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 six-foot cable that connects your TV to your receiver, and it's only $149. Right, and it's like, right. come on. It's a piece of copper, guys. Like, right. So I say that, but there is a little more to it than that, There, right? there so, is, and, and I'm glad that you, you led off with that because if you take nothing else away from this episode, when it comes to... The, the cables that you buy and that you're spending your hard-earned money on, it's more important to research a company as far as and, – and cables as far as the manufacturing process and the, and the level of quality that they put into it, not necessarily the material – that it is made from, you know, gold is no better a conductor than, than copper is, you know, there's, there's, and there's all kinds of like, you know, gimmicks out there and all of that stuff. And, you know, for the most part, 
most of those cables are all made from the same materials. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, how, how well the shielding is braided and, and, you know, some of those types of things, you know, or the amount of shielding, you know, some, some companies, you know, they go overboard and it really doesn't buy you that much more noise reduction. And we're kind of getting ahead of it all, (laughs) but at the end of the day, if you buy something that, you know, generally has a decent reputation from an established company that is within your budget, you're going to be fine. Okay, so I'm kind of yielding to my audio engineer here for this episode. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we're, I'm not a cable guru by any you're by not any the stretch cable of the guy. <laughs> oh God, worst Jim Carrey movie ever. But, yeah. um, but no, but I, I mean, I know my way around cables enough. You know, okay, so. so where do you want to start? Like uh, concepts? Yeah. So like, let, let's start with just some basic definitions and concepts. Okay. So like uh, we alluded to a little bit of this just a few minutes ago. So like first things first, there's digital versus analog. If you can imagine uh, if anybody has ever seen like the spectral, representation of electricity or any kind of a sound wave or anything like that. Um, analog is basically carrying that sound wave via electricity through the cable and out to a speaker. So if you were to look voltage. at voltage, right, exactly. Yeah. So like, and if you were to look at that electrical current, uh, it, it would look like the same representation as the sound wave that it is carrying. Um, now digital, on the other hand, it's not, it's a completely different, uh, algorithm. It's a completely, it's completely different physical thing, entity, right? Uh, what is, what digital is, is a digital bits and bytes kind of representation of that sound. So whereas a sound wave may, you know, take like a sine wave, if nobody, if for people who don't know what a sine wave is, it kind of looks like a sideways S when you're uh, looking at it through a spectral analyzer. So in order to convert that to digital, digital actually like takes all of that and and encodes it into like, you know, uh, bits, bytes, and a representation of, of that. But by doing so, it it loses some of that information as as it gets sent across. But then once it's picked up by the receiver, the receiver, assuming that it's good to you know accept a digital signal, can put all of that encoding back together and then re uh, re deliver the analog sound you know on its end. Right. So like so an analog analog is a completely continuous signal. That's just like as it exists in nature, right? Correct. Digital would be, if you saw a representation of it, might look, it, tell me what you think of this analogy, it might look a little more like Morse code. You know yeah, what I mean? It's or, or like, like square wavy, kind of like, yeah, like, you know, on and off. More, yeah, Morse code, like the, yeah, absolutely, on off. It, it, uh, I think I even read it an article somewhere where somebody referred to it as binary, yeah. you know, it, it, which is in computer language, on off, on yeah. off. Yeah. So, um, so the, the difference is there analog is a far more susceptible to noise and interference, Mm. whereas digital, uh, is more susceptible to, um, to data loss, uh, across, uh, across a line. So, uh, th- that could be anything from, you know, just something got corrupted, you know, in the, in the transmission, or it could have been, you know, something from the source, uh, whether it's a computer or a piece of equipment or something, something went wrong and a packet or a bit or a bike was corrupted. So then by the time it makes it over to the target, which could be a speaker, it could be another amplifier, it could be something, it was, but once it goes to try to decode that, then typically if if the if the problem or the whatever was lost is significant enough then it kind of sounds like glitchy mm. um so you would you would describe and correct me if i'm overlooking something here sure uh you, you can think of most things that we would call audio cables those are going to be analog cables your for the most things part, that you yes. plug into a dj mixer between a dj mixer and like a turntable or something sure. like that 
um, by default normally would be like an analog signal, whereas right. digital might be something more like uh, connecting an optical connection right. to like a single or like a single cable that connects your receiver to your TV and sends seven channels worth of sound. <laughs> right. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's actually eight or, or four, depending on what <laughs> sample rate you're Oh, wait, we're not there yet. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the uh, of the analog side of things, then there's uh, what we call balanced and unbalanced. Um, and really, uh, the, the, the big difference there is that a balanced cable is designed to reduce noise. Uh, unbalanced cables, you'll know them when you've got them because there will be this telltale like hum, buzz, or whining in, in the, in the sound. So, and that's, not coming from, you know, your turntables or your CDJs or wh whatever your DJ equipment is. And that has something to do with uh, grounding or shielding, correct, right? Correct. Correct. So, yeah. so it could, uh, there, there's a number of different uh, issues that it could be arising from. It could be dirty power, which we'll get into that in a second. It could be other interference. So there, it could be like other equipment that's emitting some kind of a uh, a magnetism or, you know, some, some kind of interference or, or some other like waves that are, if the cable is not shielded correctly, then the copper inside mm. is, is susceptible to that. Okay. So why would you use an unbalanced cable? Um, great question. Versus a balanced cable. <laughs> <laughs> great question. Sometimes it's just in the, in the design. So like, you know, uh, some cables by design are just unbalanced. And mm. um, a lot of times you can get away with that and it and you have no issues. Um, a lot of that could be, you know, either the gauge of the cable, it could be the length of the cable, it could be the application of the cable. You know, so um, there are some where it just doesn't matter um, unless and until you reach a certain length or get, you know, too close to something else that, that would have that interference. Okay. So um, we, we covered before, like a data cable typically doesn't carry any kind of like audio. It's, it's most of the time it's, it's uh, sending and or receiving um, some kind of uh, digital data that is being used between two, you know, computerized sources of, uh, you know, or tar source and target uh, to two devices that can talk that language. Um when we talk about things like noise and interference, um, what we're talking about there is uh, anything that negatively affects the sound that's coming out. Um, so what you want to listen for are things, like I said before, like whining or some kind of buzzing or, hiss. or, or hissing. Right. All of those things um, are indicative of some kind of noise that is inside the uh, inside of your system there. So uh, one, of, one of the biggest perpetrators of that sound uh, interference is something uh, referred to as dirty power. And a lot of that is just problems with our own grid here in the States. I'm, I'm not sure how it is in, in other countries, but, um, it, you know, electricity runs, you know, in cycles, but it's not as constant as we think it is. Mm. And, and that's indicative, especially if you live in like an older home. You know, if you flip yeah. on a light in, in one room and then like go and turn something on in another room and all of that, and you can start to see like, you know, lights starting to flicker or dim or whatever due to other things turning on, you know, even like air conditioning or, or the furnace and stuff like that. Whenever you see lights flicker, that's because it is drawing more of, of the power, you know, from everything else until everything has a chance to kind of level mm -hmm. out and say, okay, this new thing that's introduced into the system. Now we've got a chance to kind of, you know, uh, you know, level out everything. So one of the things that, that happens, especially in like older homes is that, you know, there's, there could be issues with grounding there, could be issues with, uh, you know, how the power is distributed and all of that stuff. So in order to get rid of some of that, that, that those issues with dirty power that causes those whines, those buzzes, those, those hisses and stuff like that, you, you can get ground loop isolators, you can get uh, hum eliminators, you can get power conditioners and things like that. And that helps to alleviate some of that, but um, we can get more into those later. So, 
you know, now that we kind of have like a, a little frame some, of reference, some groundwork, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to stick in every dad joke I possibly can, just so you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so, uh, so getting into the actual cables themselves. So probably one of the most ubiquitous, the, the most common thing that we see on a regular basis is the RCA cable. Um, There's a red and white, usually. Yep. A pair of cables, right? Correct. And RCA actually stands for Radio Corporation of America. I don't have any other like history behind that. <laughs> I didn't really care enough to look into it. But <laughs> composite cables, you could sure. say. So it, it it is. It's a it's a you know it's a copper wire. It's got you know typically some kind of you know shielding around it, and then it's um, usually got the red and white jacket. Um, uh, for the, for the leads. So you find, you'll find those the most, they are analog and they are unbalanced. Uh, so they are very prone to noise. They're, um, you know, generally not that thick and there's not a whole lot of shielding to them. Uh, you know, just, just dumb, a, dumb cables. Right. right. You, yeah. Um, but they're, but they're perfect for most DJ applications when you're just putting together, you know, uh, CDJs in a mixer or yeah. turntables in a mixer and all of that stuff. It, it's usually short distance. Uh, and, and when they're in that, in that application, it's not really much, you know, to worry about. Right. Cause the longer your run of cable, the more chances there are to introduce noise, right? Introduce noise. And, uh, you know, depending on how long, you know, you, you could lose, lose some of the signal, you know, or, okay. or it would be weakened because, you know, just physics, right. It's trying right, to right. push that, uh, you know, uh, down a longer pipe. Um, so if we plugged in your, uh, pioneer DDJ SZ and connected it, connected it to a PA system that was in like California, that's probably not going to work too well. probably not going to work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but you know, so things like, you know, I've seen, I have seen even people like who have like 50 and hundred foot RCA cables, um, you know, that when they're coming out of that mixer, because that's the only connection that there is in that mixer, but then, you're going to either, you know, some kind of an outboard uh, amplifier or you're going to, you know, some kind of a speaker. But, you know, there's usually this like awful hum or there's, you know, there's a lot of noise. And when you start amplifying that noise, doesn't matter how good the song is, it sounds like crap. Yeah. And that's another good point. If I could just stick that in there is uh, not only are there more opportunities to introduce noise, the longer your run is, but the more components that you introduce. So the more times that you're plugging something into something else and anytime you add another piece of equipment it's just another opportunity to you're you're almost certainly introducing noise at some point if yes. you're not catering to that right right <laughs> right so one of the ways that you can isolate noise especially in this application because this is going to be like we can talk more about these things later but um the the most common noise issue that a lot of DJs face is by using RCA cables as speaker cables coming out of their DJ equipment, Mm -hmm. especially if you are plugging in your laptop into the same like power strip as everything else. I don't know why, I don't know how, but like, uh, the laptop chargers are, are just horrid. They, they, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about them, but, uh, you know, maybe if somebody out there who's an electrician or understands those type of things can, you know, uh, write in or uh, call in to uh, clarify. But it it really does. Like, I've, I've heard it so many times where somebody plugs in their laptop and then all of a sudden there's this, you know, on yeah. top of all the other sound in it. And it is. It's just ear, well, you know ear grating. What? I used to have a, an external hard drive that mm-hmm. would do that. I would plug it in. And then if I had like speakers or uh, headphones in or something like that, right. every, just like old typical uh, spinning arm drive. And anytime I would access that drive, I would just hear <laughs> in my headphones. Right, so right. it might be that. It might be the hard drive of the laptop, for example, sure, too, contributing sure. to that. Yep. I don't know why either, but. <laughs> but um, so the the good part is because they're so common, the, these things, they 
the price range on them ranges from negligible to completely outrageous, like you said earlier with the monster cables with gold plating, blah, 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 right? So that that's where um, for your run-of-the-mill RCA cable for just about any other for just about any application your you know your name your your non-name brand you know radio shack or whatever you know whatever the cheapest option is 99 percent of the time it's going to be perfectly fine yeah yeah they do tell you not to connect like say studio monitors with rca cables or any unbalanced cables and this that's the reason why they're meant to be studio monitors the whole point is being flat and accurate right and so you want to eliminate any noise there that's right that's right so um so after that then the next one that um the next cable that we'll probably talk about that's gonna be another one of those that's super common uh, that we all see all the time are the xlrs um, so conversely to the RCAs, these are balanced. They are still, uh, an analog cable, but they're balanced, which this means is the main, uh, benefit of correct, using them, right? Correct. And that's why they're, they're on so many mixers and things like that, because while you can use the RCAs to hook up your turntables or CDJs into your mixer and be fairly confident that that's not going to introduce any, any major noise or any major issues, um, then but going out from the mixer you want that to be as clean a sound as possible going out to any kind of amplifier that is going to take whatever you're giving it and make it louder so if there's anything that comes out of the mixer uh you know as we were just saying with the rcas if that contains noise that's going to get amplified and it's going to be really really unpleasant for everybody so by using xlrs or and and other balanced uh cables then you're reducing that noise and, and ensuring that you're putting out the cleanest uh, um, sound that you possibly can. Yeah, my I use powered speakers yes. in my uh, DJ setup, mm-hmm. and they're a pretty good distance away. And the, the way that I have them placed, you have to have a pretty long cable run as to not like walk over the cable or right. see it anywhere. Right. So I have a pretty long run going to those speakers, and there is a massive difference <laughs> between... <laughs> RCA cables and the uh, like hundred foot XLRs that I've got hooked up to them now. Right. They just work fine. Yep. Yep. Um, those are, um, and, and for anybody who's never seen an XLR or doesn't know what an XLR looks like it, the telltale, um, uh, characteristic are the, it's triple prong on both sides, but there's a male side and a female side. Mm. So if you wanted to, you could coil one up and then, plug in one side to the other. Uh, but typically, you know, it's, uh, the female end goes in, you know, I believe into the mixer and then the male end goes into speakers or amplifiers or whatever. So any stage microphone would have this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you definitely want to use these if you're having any issues with RCAs as your like main out, or if, if you're using RCAs or some other unbalanced cable that is giving you noise problems, try switching to XLR, um, and and see if the balanced cable uh, uh, gives you any any difference. All right, what else you got? This next one is uh, is, is honestly it's confusing, uh, even for somebody who deals with this stuff on a fairly regular basis. Um, we refer to them most often as quarter inch. It could be a balanced cable. It might not be a balanced cable. Um, so just just to get the visual, um, if you have a pair of DJ headphones, look at the end and the big ones, not the small headphone jack that you would plug into your phone, but the big ones, that's a quarter inch jack. Right. So this the cable sm- would look like that on both ends. Right. And the small one is a um, is a three and a half millimeter also known as an eighth inch uh, headphone jack. Uh, those are actually still, you know, either a TRS or a TS uh, connection. It's just a different size of the same connection. So uh, the biggest difference is, so TS actually stands for tip sleeve. And that is the analog mono unbalanced version of the quarter inch cable. So if you, sorry to cut you off, but nope, if, you, if you look at that quarter inch jack and right. you count the number of uh, divisions on it, the number of lines on it, right. you can kind of tell 
correct what kind of cable it is so right. like so a when t- it a, a ts t- is a yeah, tip sleeve so the connection happens at the tip and it happens and there's and there's one ring around the sleeve so that would be a mono quarter inch cable correct right okay so then a stereo one would be the trs cable which stands for tip ring sleeve so like that means that the connection happens at the tip, and then there are two rings around the shaft. Okay. So, um, and by the way, like you don't have to know all this. <laughs> right. Like people have told us they like it when we nerd out about this stuff. So we're going we're going into gory detail. You don't need to know what tip ring sleeve and all that is. But right. so if if that's confusing, you can just blow past that. Uh, right. The biggest thing, and 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 this this one in particular is very confusing even for people who know their cables like this one, I still struggle with from time to time. I have got an entire bucket full of TRS to TS adapters and all of that stuff, all in like these attempts to like try to take a a signal and split it. But then like I get it wrong. So then like when I'm trying to split some signals and then all of a sudden I only hear things out of the left side or like whatever. (laughs) And it's like, ah, I got it wrong again. You know? So So if you're buying cables, the important (laughs) thing is to look at, okay, do I want a mono Mono, or stereo? stereo? Right. Uh, and do I want balanced or unbalanced? Right. Those are the the generic terms that you can use rather than getting into the details Correct. and the tech jargon. If it helps at all, the most common use of a TS cable um, is for like electric instruments or or you know anything that where it's it's just a mono signal out of the instrument. Um, they're often called guitar cables. Correct. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they're most often associated with electric guitars. Um, you can use them for uh, synthesizers that have a left and a right and stuff like that. Now, the good news is that a TRS cable can be used as a TS cable if you plug it into a TS, <laughs> you know, quarter-inch jack. Um, where, where the TRS really comes in handy, though, is... Uh, if you think about like back to your example about headphones, headphones are a stereo connection. So anywhere where, you know, the quarter inch output is intended to put out a stereo signal, a left and right. Right. So you can use a TRS cable out of that to, you know, deliver a a stereo balanced connection to something else. Mm. So, uh, like I said, it, 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 uh, even to this day, like I, I, sometimes <laughs> I hold up two adapters and I'm counting the lines and I'm trying to remember which one does what. And it just, it, so yeah, it, 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 it does sound a little convoluted if in, if in doubt buy TRS cables because they can still be used for a mono connection and they're balanced. So that yeah. means that you get the, the benefit of noise reduction. Yeah, Unless if, you play a guitar, then get a TS cable. <laughs> but don't call it a TS cable. Just go to Guitar Center and say, I need a guitar cable. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the the red and whites that we talked about, the composites, the RCAs, yeah. those are, are always going to be a straight up unbalanced analog type connection. I believe so. I, I, I've seen some of like w- when you mentioned like the higher priced things earlier in the show like i I have seen some where like if it's not monster there's like plenty of other companies out there and you know some of them are you know really thick gauged and they've got the gold plated connections and then they've got this other wire that's off to the side for you to ground them and stuff like that that's fancy stuff right and i've (laughs) never had good luck with those just just to put it out there um so whether or not that's, I don't, I, I wouldn't consider that a true balanced connection. Right. An RCA to me is still, is still always going to have an inferior uh, sound quality in terms of balance versus unbalanced to an XLR right. or, a, or a TRS cable. Right. So those will always be unbalanced uh, cables. The XLRs will always be balanced, correct? Yep. Will always be a, a balanced signal. The quarter inch could go either way. Right. The quarter inch has all kinds of options. So that's the one that you got to pay close attention to. That's like, am I actually doing what I think I'm doing? Is this going to be just one channel or is this going to be a left and right channel? Right. Is this going to be balanced or unbalanced? So I would definitely check <laughs> what you're trying to connect and what right. it says or what its manual says about what you're supposed to use there if you're confused. Great. Correct. So um, shifting gears a little bit. 
this one I, I've I've struggled with a little bit, um, but the mostly because like I don't know what these thing these terms stand for. You see them on uh, a lot of things from computer equipment to home theater systems and stuff like and 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 audio interfaces. But there's an SPDIF mm. and an ADAT uh, connection. Now the they're similar in that they work by uh, transmitting digital signals um, with flashing light across a fiber optic cable. Uh, these are mostly used in, in short distances. Um, but the main difference for those is that SPDIF has a maximum of two channels. So your stereo left and right. Uh, whereas the ADAT cable uh, can carry up to eight channels at 48,000 Hertz or four channels at 96,000 Hertz. So there's like this limited bandwidth across, you know, that, that fiber optic cable and the, the, the amount of data that can, you know, okay. be flashed across it. Um, so f 48, uh, kilohertz is a little better than CD quality. Um, um uh, not, not yeah. quality. Um, Similar to CD format, it's it, what forty four point one I think is a CD Correct. format. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you're probably talking about like you're you're trying to connect. You know, if you're doing a ninety six kilohertz, you know, are, is this for like studio applications or like high end home audio? I would or? I would call it very high end um, because most uh, sample based music, mo uh, like most of the things that we come across, especially in the music industry it, at most is, is sampled or recorded at 48,000 Hertz. And even then there's still a good amount out there that's still at 44 one. So, uh, in this, in this instance, I mean, unless you're really dealing with, you know, super high end stuff, then the eight channels across 48,000 Hertz is, is usually going to be, you know, uh, sufficient at least by today's standards yeah. in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Cause watch come January, there's going to be some new standard, to, ah! <laughs> but we'll see. These cables can be pretty pricey though. So like, um, most of the time, what I've ever used them for is for my home theater setup, yeah. you know, because it typically it's one cable, you know, it's similar to an HDMI in, in that, you know, it, it's just the one cable that, you know, you can, you know, plug from one thing to another and, you know, you can trust that it's a, a high end audio signal. So that's probably the optical cable that I have between my TV and my soundbar. Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 The SP diff or whatever. Right. Yeah. And there's and there's two um there there's two different like um and there's two different connections that uh, you'll see on those. Uh, one of them is is often referred to as coax coaxial, and it's not coaxial at all. <laughs> um, it actually looks like an enlarged, a slightly enlarged RCA jacket. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's the same material. It's the same concept. It works the same way. Um, but then the other one that, you know, for anybody who, you know, loves to inspect the back of a, of a, a home theater system or, a, or an amplifier, like me, me, <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause I'm kind of a nerd like that, but I remember the first time I saw this thing and you know, it's got like a little, a little flap. And when you push in the little flap and then there's like this red laser, that's like yeah. shooting out the back. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, it just looks like a little square it, or like the home plate, uh, or like, yeah. like a home plate kind of shape, uh, you know, in baseball, yeah. you know? Um, but so it's got a very specific, you know, size and shape, uh, connector, um, but, uh, and, and like I said, those all work very, very well. And, but in shorter distances and those, those cables, even though they're like, you know, three to five, six feet, you know, even there, like the price point can get kind of high. So you definitely want to use those in as short of, um, in short of distances as, as you need because you'll end up saving money. Uh, don't go buy six feet. If all you need is three. <laughs> So how, how much, uh, I think what CDJs have 
the some some CDJs have the what you referred to as the coaxial version mm-hmm. of this, right? Right, right. So that's it, uh, instead of going out with RCA, you can you can go out with the coax uh, for for a digital. Yeah. So, um, so technically, you could connect your your CDJs digitally instead of using the red and white correct. connections that yep. most of us tend to use. Right. Right. So then the next one is a is an especially fun one. Uh, for uh, for anybody who nerds out uh, with older gear and um, and does any type of production or gets into the nuts and bolts of your DJ controllers and all of that stuff, and it's called MIDI. Ah, good old MIDI. Yeah, Five-pin right. MIDI. <laughs> right? <laughs> so MIDI stands for Musical Instrument Digital Interface. Creative name. Right. <laughs> but, so uh, as DJs, you've probably at least heard of a MIDI controller. So a MIDI cable would send that signal across a cable. Right. So you could connect MIDI instruments together and they could communicate and send timing or note information or whatever. And that's the key is that uh, the the information that is actually sent across MIDI cables contains no sound at all. That is, those are right. strictly instructions uh, that are meant to be um, uh transmitted and decoded by a, a sender and a receiver that are speaking the language of this. I want right. you to play this sound in this way and, and sending the, or, or I want you to change this parameter in this way by changing uh, parameters or, or changing values that then manipulate the thing that is actually making the sound. Yeah. So it's almost like if, uh, if I were sitting in a room with a piano and I'm sitting on the other end of the room and then there's a, somebody sitting on the piano bench and I've got one person walking back and forth between me and the piano, I could tell that person, okay, tell them to play uh, C sharp and play it uh, really hard and play it for uh, five seconds and then let off. Right. And then they would walk over and tell them that, and then they would play it, and then it would walk back. Okay, what else you got? Okay, now play uh, D sharp and play. And, and so it's like that happening lightning fast. Right, exactly, exactly. It's, it's not like an audio signal. It's I'm telling you how to play back your audio. Correct. Yep, exactly. And really, there's not a whole lot more to it than that. It's... Um, uh, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's just, hey, this thing over here, I want you to do the I want you to play this instrument. I want you to do it in this way. And 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 it just works, you know, between the instrument and whatever, you know, it, it, most commonly today we, we talk about um, uh, DAWs, digital audio workstations. Uh, that would be software like Ableton and Logic yeah. and Fruity Loops and stuff yeah. like that. So um, nowadays, we uh, a lot of people are probably familiar with MIDI and have never seen a MIDI cable. That's true, um, right. because uh, a lot of newer gear does that. Even though it's MIDI capable uh, and or even MIDI dependent, it doesn't even have you know what we call you referred to it as the the old five pin MIDI. <laughs> you know. Um, so it's an old clunky round cable right. that has been around since the eighties. Right. And, uh, yeah. And just on, uh, on the inside of that, that sleeve, you know, when, if you're looking directly into the, into the end of that cable, there's five pins, yep. you know, and that's, I mean, that, that's really all there is to that. But instead, um, you know, as, as technology is advancing and, Everything is kind of going by way of, uh, you know, computers and all of that stuff. Uh, a lot of the newer gear is opting out of the old five-pin MIDI cables and opting into USB. Yeah, because it's become so ubiquitous again. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. with everything. So it's just it sends the same MIDI data. It's just going over USB cables a lot more often now than right. actual MIDI cables yeah. like it did back in the day. Which is kind of interesting. It's it says something about the staying power of MIDI as a protocol. Right. Like it's been around so long. <laughs> <laughs> right. That it's just they're like, yeah, we're gonna keep using it. We're just going to use like what the cables everybody uses now. Like, <laughs> right, right. It's not usually how that goes. <laughs> right. No, usually, you know, uh, these protocols... Well, you got to start over and buy all new shit now. Right, like right, right. <laughs> um, you know, but, I mean, that that 
that that's pretty awesome that even though you know the cable changes and the gear kind of changes but you know the the core fundamental of 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 the of the protocol that is midi yeah it mostly works as it always has yep yep, yep for the most part they got it right yep <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of uh usb most people already know what this is right yeah, this like, has I'm, entered the uh, this has entered the the zeitgeist now or whatever this is the, <laughs> everybody knows usb right uh the only thing that we would really mention here is just knowing the difference between 2.0 3.0 or 3.1 now or whatever it is and um usb-c so like hmm. 2.0 is still pretty prevalent you know i mean once 2.0 came out and a bunch of gear came out with the usb 2.0 protocol but then um 3.0 came out and then it's been upgraded to 3.1 or whatever. And really the, the biggest difference is data transfer speed, you know, between those two. And you'll know the difference because a USB 3.1 cable has a piece of it, like the, the, the piece of plastic inside of the, the actual uh, connector is like this turquoise kind of blue, mm. you know, whatever. Um, so that's how you discern the difference between a 2.0 and a 3.0 slot. So like if you use a 2.0 cable, you know, then you're going to get two point in a three. If you use a 2.0 cable in a 3.0 slot, then you're going to probably get, you know, 2.0 speed. Similarly, if you put a 3.0 cable into a 2.0 slot, you're only going to get the 2.0 speed. So you got to make sure that you're using the right cables with the right slots and all of that. Um, and that's even assuming that whatever device you're trying to plug in is 3.0 compatible. You know, there are some things that, you know, you know, maybe your phone and things like that are 3.0 compatible and can take advantage of those speeds. But uh, some devices are only 2.0 capable, so you can plug it into a 3.0 slot all day, and it's not going to do yeah. anything. Um, so I think most uh, DJ gear is uh, pretty USB 2.0 still. Yeah, for the I, I haven't part. seen anything that's yeah. I, I and mean, I I don't have like old gear laying around here. Like I've got you know the Control S25. I've got the DDJSZ. I've got you know uh, uh, some Serato gear and stuff like that. And everything is still USB 2.0 yeah. that I own anyway. Uh, even my audio interface, which I just bought earlier this year. Uh, from focus right is still a 2.0 yeah yeah so um so those those are still very common you know I, I would i would venture to say that even most companies will probably not stick around and and even waste their time with 3.0 or 3.1 uh what they will probably start developing for is the USB-C right which is the new protocol uh, if you're if you're a Mac user and uh, if you're drooling over the new MacBooks, then you've probably seen these USB-C ports. Or if you have a really new phone, a lot yep. of those are USB. Right. My, my wife's phone is. If it's not an iPhone using Lightning, it's probably, and it's brand new, it's probably USB-C. Gotcha. So um, the whole reason behind that was they were trying to solve the ever frustrating problem of how many times does it take you to plug in a USB cable, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Three, right? Right. Because uh, damn it, uh, yeah, damn yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, I had is it right it, the first. Is it upside down? Is it uh, <laughs> nope? Uh, turn it back around. And, so yeah, like yeah. that's the that's the big IT joke is that you know uh, that it takes you three times to plug in any USB device just to make sure <laughs> that you've got it facing the right direction. Um, so what USB C aims to do is to take advantage of uh, the speeds that we're able to get out of 3.1, but get rid of the problem of is it upside down or not. Uh, so it's you know a, a more rounded connection with the with you know the connectors on Symmetrical. both sides of it, and yeah. you know so it doesn't matter. There is no upside down or right side up. It's you just jam it in there and it'll fit. So <laughs> <laughs> so another computerized data cable um, that I thought would be necessary to bring up. Um, you know, we've talked before about Pioneer Gear and the the uh, the ProLink and all of that stuff that, um, that they've got. Uh, all of that is done over Ethernet, which is uh, uh, basically the, the platform of, of which everything that is networked together is built. Yeah, LAN cable, right. you might know it as. This right. is uh, the precursor to your Wi-Fi <laughs> router. <Right. Yeah. laughs> this was the hard cable. This was the physical cable before Wi-Fi was a thing. I was going to say it's like a phone jack, but bigger. But if you know what a phone jack is, <laughs> you already know. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
phone jacks were what we had when before we could like yeah <laughs> now, this is a, a an area that i know quite a bit about this is like relevant really? to my yeah. profession and history and, and stuff yeah, yeah I, well I'll, I'll let you take this one off so uh, oh well how how nerd out do you want to go with this <laughs> i can tell you that it's got an rj45 connection i can tell you that the uh copper order uh, the wire uh conductor order is white orange orange white green blue white blue green white brown brown that's wow. the t 568b standard uh what what else you got <laughs> you know i i i never i only did uh ethernet installs once and i still make my own cables do I, you? yeah I, I installed eight uh lan jacks in my garage uh this over the summer wow and uh, then i had to make a bunch of patch cables for them and stuff so i, I busted out the old crimper and strippers and shut up yeah no, <laughs> made a bunch of them we we, we punched in uh, I, for one place that i worked you know i was I was part of a totally different department and they pulled me in and said, Hey, we need some, you know, hands to help, you know, run some line at, at, at a, at a warehouse. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm your guy. I'm the lowest one on the totem pole. And, uh, we went out there and the guy, like, he was like, here's the order of the wires. And I'm like, you're going to need to say that like three more times or write it down. Wait, or so what you're saying is this one wire has eight wires in it. Oh God. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I think, um, instead of going too far down that rabbit hole, um, at now least, I'm just freaking everyone out on purpose. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but you know, in the, in the context of DJing, what we most commonly see these used for are either, you know, older computers that are, that are hardwired into, you know, some kind of an internet connection, you know, either through a router or, um, or a switch or something like that. And then, uh, as I started to mention was the pioneer gear, mm -hmm. uh, uses that for the pro link stuff so that you can, hook up all of your Nexus gear or whatever right. and, and be able to use one, um, one USB stick and one CDJ. And then it tells everything else in line what is on that stick yeah. by transferring that data across all the multiple devices. And that's using the TCP IP for, for anybody. internet language. Basically. Right, exactly. Uh, the, the big thing to notice about, um, uh, the, about the, uh, uh, Ethernet cables today is that there's Cat5, Cat5e, and Cat6 that's most commonly out there right now. And that refers to what, the size? Uh, they, well, they're different uh, certifications. So okay. um, if you want gigabit Ethernet, you have to have, uh, you're supposed to have 5e at least. Right. Uh, Cat6 is like the newest standard, but it's more expensive and you, you don't, don't get, get a whole lot. Right. Yeah. So like if I were building a building and installing cable, I would put Cat6 in it, but I, I run Cat5e all the time. Right. But uh, for this application, for a DJ application, it, if it plugs in and works, it's probably fine. Right. Cool. So moving on, um, power cables. Oh, um, yeah. You That's know, important. You know... In, at least in my experience, 95% of power cables that I've come across are the, the same power cord that goes into everything uh, that's like, you know, goes into the back of a, of a desktop computer that goes into the back of most speakers and goes to the back of most uh, mixers and stuff like that. Yeah, sort uh, of CDJs and all of that sort stuff. of trapezoid shaped it, right with the three prongs trapezoid yep, with the yep. three prongs yep. um so there's not really much to say about those uh just that um if you ever have a piece of gear that has a different power cord than that make sure that you either don't lose it right. <laughs> or if you ever have to replace it, make sure that if you can't get it from the original manufacturer, that if you're just going to like Radio Shack or, you know, some other dealer online that you match up, you know, the, the power wattage and, and, uh, the, the consumption, uh, with the unit that you are, 
that you are using because if you yeah. underpower it or if you overpower it, you can do some damage to your uh, to your to your equipment. Yeah, if you're using something that has anything that you might refer to as a power brick or a wall wart or something like that, then you do <laughs> I've never not. Heard that one <laughs> but that's a great. Don't mix them up unless you know what you're doing. Right, that's a great term wall for wart. that. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, though I will say those, you know, what I call the wall ward, I'm talking about like a, uh, a box that has two prongs sticking out of it. And then you stick it on, you know, you plug it in and then you're like, ah, oh, crap, I can't plug anything else in cause this is in the way. Right. <laughs> that is a really problematic for DJs. Absolutely. You know, if you have something like that and I'm glad not much DJ gear uses that anymore, but right. sometimes you'll have like a laptop or something where you're like, ah, oh, crap. Yep. So that's why I always, just as a little bonus tip, I always bring my own, um, uh, power strip in my DJ bag. Right. And then I, I jump her off of whatever they give me to plug into. And I plug all my stuff into that. And that way I don't ever have to worry about, Oh, there's not enough room for this giant brick <laughs> to fit in here or anything like that. It's, it's never a worry. Yeah. Those, those things are like the bane of my existence because like for every single thing that I have, in my studio that has one of those things, then I essentially need yet another, right. you know, power strip because, you know, for every two things that has that brick, that's all I can fit on a six way, like power strip is, you know, two things with those, with those big bricks. I actually bought one, a power strip, uh, actually it was by monster. Now that I think about it, but, uh, that has a little, uh, like a dongle thing. So you like plug it in and then it breaks out into its own little side, like floppy connection right. that you can plug those into so that it doesn't get in the way of your. Oh thing. man, that is pretty nice. That is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause like the amount of six ways, yeah. you know, the, the, the six outlet yeah, three uh, on top, three on the bottom. Oh man. They're like, like useless. <laughs> for, you use one and you're like, well, well, right, <laughs> right. Or like the, the, the strips where it's like six or eight, you know, in a, in a line. Yeah. And it's just like a, the, the number of those things in this room should make you very worried. Like if you could see how many of those power strips I've got, it's, yeah. it's embarrassing, but <laughs> they're all daisy chained together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotta get everything plugged in somehow. Right. Yep. So, um, so moving on, um, just to kind of, you know, just throw a couple of, uh, you know, onesie, twosie things out. So there's always proprietary stuff, right? Like, mm. um, especially like Apple loves to, you know, make things that are you it's know, kind of their gig. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so they had something called Firewire back in the day mm-hmm. uh, that is, you'll see Firewire on a bunch of gear, um, older gear anyway. Um, and um eventually that was abandoned by Apple in favor of uh, Thunderbolt. Right. Um, so the Thunderbolt is kind of the, the newest, latest, greatest, and that's that's the direction that Apple's been going. And, and from what I understand, I mean, that's... I'm I'm only new to the Apple world, so, <laughs> like, I'm still trying to get used to all of this stuff. But... Yeah. Um, so that that's one thing to uh, keep an eye out for. Um Firewire used to be the hot shit to use for DJing and production because uh, before USB 2.0 came out, there was just USB 1 or 1.1, mm-hmm. and it was dog slow, slow, right? and the latency was terrible, and so you couldn't really use it for audio applications where you're trying to send data quickly and have right. it, you know, you know, press a key and have it react immediately, yep. for example. Yep, that's the eternal struggle for DJs and producers, right, is right. to get that latency as low as possible yep. without degrading your signal or, or your audio quality and, yeah. and all of that. And nowadays USB is up to the task, but back then it wasn't. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, my, in fact, my first digital DJ rig was, uh, firewire based. I had a, uh, a firewire audio interface and then my laptop didn't have a firewire port on it. So I, I had to buy a card. Remember the, the credit card sized, uh, Oh, it, things like adapter. To, like, yeah. What were the, I can't remember what they were called, but the, like there were, cards are like credit card size and you s- slide them in 
and then it had like a big thing that stuck out and then I could plug my <laughs> firewire port nice. into it. My old, old Tractor 3 before it was called Tractor Pro. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Um, another one that I, I just kind of found in passing, um, it, only because, you know, when I, when I, when we were going to do this, I, I, I just, I know we're going to forget something, Oh yeah, you know? So I just kind of, you know, threw out a quick Google search of, you know, different cables and, and all of that stuff. And there was one, I can't say I've ever actually seen it, but, um, it was just one that I thought was kind of interesting called speak on speak on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what it is is it's a, uh, a high current, uh, shielded, uh, balanced cable that's mostly used in live sound application. Okay. Um, you know, so think like really large scale stuff, festivals and concerts and stuff like that. But the, the, the key thing about it is that, um, I don't, I don't know how many people out there would be familiar with twin acts, but it's, um, you know, those are old cable, uh, uh, or those are old computer, uh, connections for like old school, like, uh, terminals, you know, oh, and stuff like that. Okay. Right. So, um, it's the same kind of concept. It's a, it's a, a cable that you plug in and then it twists locks. Okay. So, gotcha. um, it, it, but it, like I even read that like, while you know, that's a proprietary cable, that's a proprietary thing. So what they've had to do is that like, not all of these, you know, speakers and, and equipment, you know, use that. So even if you've got equipment that has a speak on, uh, uh, output, by the time you get to the speaker, you need XLR. So they've actually <laughs> had to like manufacture speak on to XLR, you know, conversion <laughs> of cables. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> so, um, so that's just kind of, uh, you know, just a, a, a breeze through, you know, or a deep dive into some of them. And, uh, but that's, that's most of the, um, the, the cables that, you know, are, are mostly relevant to us DJs. Okay. So, so just the, the, the quick summary off the top of my head. Sure. So cables most relevant to DJs. Right. RCA cables. That's the red and whites. Uh, XLRs, that's the, uh, if you look at it, it's got the three pins and you can, uh, connect them to like, uh, speakers or professional sound rig or something like that. Microphones, right, right. Uh, Microphones, uh, quarter inch, which are somewhat ambiguous and make sure you do your homework. (laughs) Um, of course the USB cables and stuff that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Uh, what am I missing here? The, uh, optical cables, we probably won't deal with too much unless you're just trying to get that tip top. Uh, you know, CDJ connection. If you've got, you know, 2000 Nexus or something and you want to plug those in with a digital connection, if you're doing that, you probably already know what you're doing. Uh, What else we got? MIDI and MIDI over USB, which is uh, allowing instruments to communicate with each other about music data. Right. right? Uh, USB and ethernet power cables and then proprietary stuff. Okay. So, I mean, really, all that to say what? Like, what's? Uh, can you kind of summarize here and, and give us some some final thoughts about uh, you know what sure. how how DJ should approach this whole thing? Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing to keep in mind is that your your length matters and okay. and your type of connection matters. So uh, depending on what your what your end goal is. So if you're just you know if if you are setting up a home system in a, in a spare bedroom or in your living room, dining room, whatever. Um, you know, there's all kinds of home applications and I would say 99.9999999% of that should be okay with just whatever cables that you can afford with whatever connections are provided on the equipment that you have. So if that means that it's RCAs from your decks into your mixer and then RCAs out to your amplifier or uh, your powered speakers or whatever, then 90, most of the time that should be fine. Um, Let's say when it comes to, to audio cables specifically, like if, if it sounds good, it's probably good. Right, right, right. right. Usually, yep, and unless, usually. you know, if you hear something that's not right, then you might want to figure then out. Then you want to start doing some why. research. And, <laughs> exactly. So one of the easiest things to do is, okay, if you are using unbalanced cables and you're, and you're, 
finding that you've got some some issues, then maybe try switching to balanced cables and see if that clears up your issue. Uh, most of the time that should, uh, if you've got a really dirty power source, like, especially like in older homes with older wiring or, um, or generators, you know, for mm-hmm. like, you know, field gigs where there's no, right. where there's no power and stuff like that, you might want to look more into, uh, other solutions like gla- ground loop isolators, power conditioners. I recommend Furman. Um, I've, I've never had a problem with a Furman power conditioner, um, and hum eliminators or ground loop isolators, things like that. Um, uh, those will help to, uh, to actually condition and, uh, correct the issues with the power before the power actually gets to the devices that you're broadcasting the sound out to. Mm. So, so you would, can you would, uh, theoretically plug your DJ mixer or controller into this, not like your speakers. Um, or, uh, yeah, uh, or depending or, on where the problem is, I guess, depending, yeah, that's exactly it. And, and sometimes, um, it, it's not that intuitive. Like yeah. it, it could be on either side. First thing I always do when I hear kind of a, a dirty power hum kind of noise is I just take it and plug it in, in another room and st- okay, is it still happening? Right. Or take it out to the garage. Okay. Is it happening out here? Whatever. Take yep. it to somebody's house. Yep. And usually you'll find that the, the problem is isolated to one outlet or one circuit or one surge protector or something. And you can go from there. Right. Uh, if it's not, then you might have a problem in your audio chain somewhere, yeah, you know, exactly. we're talking balanced cables and stuff. Right. So an, a, another thing to uh, keep in mind that I don't think we really touched on at all is that you can convert some connections to other connections mm. and you really want to be careful with that because there's a misconception that like, if I take a lesser or inferior connection and, you know, buy a Y adapter or Mm. some kind of an adapter that up converts it to something else that is typically known to be a better connection or a higher quality connection that the, the misconception is, is that you can polish that turd and make this, you know, right. This is, this is the old, like, okay, you take 128 kilohertz, uh, uh, kilobit mp3 and then re-encoded as a 320 it's still it, <laughs> it's still right. what it was right exactly. or if you take a you know a, a, a tiny little photo and run it through a copying machine and blow it up 400 percent, right okay it's just a blurry version of the same photo exactly right? exactly so um so be wary of all of those types of things now if you need that you know, for some practical application, you know, because sometimes that's what you need. You know, sometimes sure. you need an RCA to XLR because you want to mm-hmm. hook up a, a monitor and that's the only way that you're going to get a monitor at a live gig. Yep. Well, OK, fine. Then you do what you got to do. I'm constantly going between quarter inch and XLR. Oh, yeah. I, I actually went and bought a set of adapters that go from male and female XLR and quarter inch like back and forth. So I've got like six or eight of these <laughs> right, things. And I just right. put them all in a little Rubbermaid box oh, yeah. and I keep it in my bag. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Cause you never know when you're going to yep. need them. Yeah. So, it, you know, don't just don't do it because you think you're going to, you know, uh, be able to up convert something right. and, and make it better. Do it because you have to have this in order to, you know, solve do it because it doesn't fit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then proper care and maintenance. I mean, there's not really much to that. Just, you know, you know, use some common sense. You know, don't don't leave cables uncoiled and laying around. You know, you can trip on them. Uh, and always keep in mind that the insides of these things at the end of the day are, are copper, uh, you know, with the exception being the, the fiber optic cables. You know, at the end of the day, like that, that is still a, a fallible uh, material. Mm-hmm. And if mishandled, uh, it can and does fray and break on the inside of that cable. So you want to avoid uh, right angles and, exactly. and stuff like that. smushing cables up against a wall, you right. know, at an angle and stuff like that. Right. So, um, you know, uh, and just as a, as practice, take it from me, test any cable before you take it to a gig. Mm. 
You know, it doesn't matter if it worked the last time and it's only been sitting in a bag for six months. Trust me, test the cable anyway. <laughs> when I was going through my networking courses, they actually they actually called it a KGC. <laughs> like this is a known good cable. <laughs> Write right. it on here. <laughs> We've tested this. Put right. it in the KGC box because there's there's nothing worse than getting out there with your. It, speaking of which, bring spares too. That's yeah. that's the other thing. Like yeah. I I never have one set of RCAs and one set of XLR cables. Like right. I've got at least one backup for all those. And then I've got a whole box of them at home too. You right. Know, just cause I, you need that grab back. People sometimes. steal them. <laughs> people steal them. People forget them. So yep, yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, man, that was a lot to get through, but I think, I, I think it's important cause I, I mean, there, there are so many different little ports on the back of all these gadgets. Right. Right. And, right. I mean, for, for people who don't, who haven't lived in cable land for, <laughs> For 20 you know, years well right and you know and that's that's uh, even for me like i said i'm not a cable guru so like if anybody hears anything that that, that we got wrong you know absolutely you know write in or, or call in and 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 correct us so that we can uh so that we know going forward but um you know my experiences with 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 cables and and learning how all of this you know and learning everything it has been over years of making tons of mistakes right like or or doing what you have to do in order to you know get a gig off the ground you know uh you know everything from you know all of those adapters and okay well if this will fit in here but or will it fit in there or i need this cable for this you know it just you know, 20 plus years of, you know, will this work? <laughs> you know, you, you tend to learn a lot. So, well, the other thing that I would want to know is if anybody in our audience has any uh, suggestions or tips or just wants to tell us how they handle organization of their own cables. Mm. How do you store them? How do you keep them right. in your bag? There's a lot of different methods. You could coil them up in a circle and tie them off. You can kind of twist them around each other. You can, there's, there's different tips and tricks there and so i'm, I'm wondering right. if uh, anybody has any suggestions there so uh, tweet it to us at dj with passion would love to know all right well this has been the passionate dj podcast trip thanks a lot buddy absolutely see you guys later easy Let's not get too silly. <laughs> Let's actually. Uh, How many people have just stopped listening by now? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> There's like 12 people. They're like, this is the best episode ever. <laughs> no kidding. I'm done. Hey, It'd be so like me and you listening. Like this is the best episode. And then everyone else like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.